Oh, come on. Good morning, everybody. I hope you came ready to worship the Lord. If you didn't, get ready. All right, let's stand to our feet this morning. It's a happy day in Jesus. Amen. So we are going to sing it out. Oh, happy, happy day. As soon as the drummer gets himself set in there, we're having so much fun back there praying that uh, we forgot what time it was. Amen. So we are going to start off in just a second. Uh oh, he lost something back there. Uh oh. Everybody wave at Jared. Hey, Jared, how you doing? Yay! <laughs> you missing something? His phone. His phone. Would it be in your office? It may phone? be. <laughs> uh, his wife's going to go look. She knows what it looks like. We'll see if it's in the office there. Or it could have been in the bathroom. Y'all came to the good organized church this morning, didn't you? Amen. Amen. All right. Come on, Miss Kate. We was waiting on you. Yeah, now we can start church. <laughs> Did you find it? No? No. Nope. She didn't find it. It uh, may be in the bathroom, but I ain't going to. <laughs> Rusty Reynolds is calling it. He sees it on his arm. He just can't find the phone. <laughs> All right. We ready? Here we go.
can wash away our sins. Nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. Here we go. One, two, three, four. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Some of you need to notify your face that you're saved. Amen. Woo, come on. Let me see teeth, gums, dentures. I'll take it in. Amen. All right. Put it on. Turn around. Tell somebody, I'm not looking real happy this morning, but you sure do look happy. Amen. Tell somebody you're glad to see them this morning. All right. Shake a hand, hug a neck, and then we're going to continue on.
Let's go ahead and start working our way back to our seats. And uh, we will go over announcements to begin this. So please be seated. Seated. Um, do we have any first-time visitors here this morning? If we do, just signify it by raising your hand. Jocelyn, you are not a first-time visitor. Thank you for trying, though. All right, so just home folk here. That's good. So uh, you can see that we have a lot of empty spots here this morning. I'm sure some people are getting in that last little vacation before school starts. So as you go throughout your week this week in your prayers, please keep our kids, whether they're college age, little ones, high school ones, in your prayers. We have several that are going back Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I think some even on Thursday. Just a reminder, uh, because school starts does not mean that we change anything up. We still have Wednesday morning Bible study from uh, 10 to 11. It's been pretty encouraging because I think uh, I'm having an impact here because I see more people show up. So if you're not, go ahead. If you're not doing anything on Wednesday morning, it is a great time for you to know more about the Bible. That is one thing that a preacher hears all the time. Brother Martin, I wish I knew more about the Bible. Well, Wednesday morning, show up. I taught this morning at 10, and we had some empty chairs there. There's plenty of chairs for everybody. Um, so Sunday school, we do have uh, Sunday school for all ages. 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, that does require just one extra hour for your day. I know it's tough, but Jesus is worth it. Um, <clears throat> we do need more volunteers to help with the babies, children's nursery, uh, see Miss Cindy or Ginger to sign up. Uh, the cleaning crew, uh, see Miss Kate Johnson. Uh, give those people a round of applause because they do an amazing job. And so many times it is a thankless job and they show up and nobody gives them any fanfare, but you are very much appreciated. We do need some men, young ladies or young men as well, volunteers for yard work at church. If you will see Brother Gary or Brother Mark, um, this is a common theme in our church from the day I've been here. So if you need community service, either in school or for the court, we will give you community service. So we've all been there. Raise your hand if you've ever had to do community service. All right. From the preacher down. All right. Uh, giving can be done online uh, or in an envelope. You can uh, kind of do the snail mail route, just write your check, drop it over there on your way out. If not, you can go to giving.landmarktyler.com, uh, set it up through your PayPal. Um, on August the 12th at Liberty Hall, we are... August the 12th? Uh, yeah. Yeah, the 20th, I'm sorry. Ooh. I was like, man, we are going back to the future. <laughs> August the 20th, this coming, this coming Friday. If you've never heard of the Isaacs, you're in good company because I have not either. 19th, 19th seven days from Friday, from last Friday. <laughs> and the court jester cannot say it right. So um, the Isaacs, I'm sure it's a gospel band. Okay, gospel band is going to be at Liberty Hall. Brother Mark does a lot of the uh, sound and stuff over there. I know they put on some great shows, so it'd be a great date night. Gentlemen, take your wife out. The Isaacs will be there. Ladies Fellowship will be this Saturday, the 20th. Yes, and I was going to say, ladies, um, there's a sign-up sheet 
over here after we dismiss, if you'll sign up, uh, we're going to go to Diana Choate's house. She's opened her house. Diana, raise your hand, and we'll get to know her better uh, for those that don't know her. Um, and so we will meet from 4 to 7 next Saturday. I will take the church van. We will leave at 315. If you would like to ride in the church van, when you sign up your name, just write van beside it so I'll know you're going to ride. And then there's sign up for appetizer, main dish, or dessert. And if you need child care, I need you to come let me know if you, you know, need that. If not, then we won't need that. So, Amen. Anyway. Now, that was just proven that behind every great man, there is a beautiful woman that is keeping him in line. So give Miss Julie a round of applause because she did way better than Brother Mark. Uh, there will be bounce houses and different things at this. I'm kidding. There's not going to be a bounce house. So no life recovery class today. Brother Terry is out of town. Are they in Vegas? I thought I saw something about Vegas. Oh, they're having a good time in Vegas. So other than that, let's get, huh? Uh, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Other than that, let's pray. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand if you would. We're going to continue to worship. We're going to raise a hallelujah. Now, I find that for church, and I think some of you may need this message this morning because you only have to look at me, but I don't have to look at all of y'all. Amen. Uh, you get out of church what you come and you put into it. Amen. And what you come expecting, that's probably what you're going to leave with. You come expecting nothing, you're probably going to leave with nothing. You come expecting to meet with God, you're probably going to meet with God. Amen. So we're going to raise a hallelujah. Get those expectations ready because we are going to ask God to be strong in the building today. Amen. We're going to raise a hallelujah. Let's sing it together. All right.
get nothing out of that, something's wrong with you, amen? We're going to teach you a, a new song this morning, all right? You want to say anything about it, Miss Judy? All right, we're going to talk about the promises of God. How many of you know that God's faithful to you? How many of you know that whether you're having a good day or a bad day, God is faithful to you? How many of you know that whether you're smiling or you're, having, you're struggling today, God is faithful? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will meet every single need of your life. So you listen as we sing this song, and then you join us on the chorus. You may be seated.
This morning, Julie, pray for us. Father, you are so good. You're a good, good father, and you're so faithful. Your mercies are new every morning. Lord, your hand provides for us, God. now that you would just be with their service father that you would just speak to us in a special way and that you would just wake our hearts up and our minds to just focus on you this morning Jesus thank you for everyone here in this place Lord and for those that are watching God just Lord move in a way that will change our hearts You're so faithful. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Everybody said? Amen. You may be seated. And if you've got children to go to Children's Church, they can head over there towards the door. Miss Cindy and Miss Ginger will meet you over there. And uh, if you need to go to the restroom, go now uh, so that you don't affect Brother Mark's ADD. Amen. Uh, go ahead and go to the bathroom now. Thank you, brother. Uh, see that run? Yes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Get it out of the way now. All right. And uh, I'm going to jump in here this morning. And uh, I'm going to talk about, it's from a book that I read in the past, and I just picked it up again. It's a book called The Christian Atheist. Those two words don't seem to go together, do they? A Christian atheist. You ever thought about that? What in the world would a Christian atheist? atheist be here's what a Christian atheist is according to this book it is somebody who believes in God but lives as if he doesn't exist mm, ouch amen someone who says they believe in God but their lives are lived as if he does not exist anybody ever here been there done that I was a Christian atheist at one time I believed in God I told y'all, uh, many of you have heard my testimony, and uh, my family, because my dad was raised uh, hardcore Church of Christ, my mom was raised hardcore Baptist, and back then the two didn't mix real well, and so uh, we just didn't go to church at all. 
the way they saw that was we ain't going to talk about religion. We ain't going to do religion. And we're just going to, like a lot of people do, you still, this is still a prevalent uh, theory in people's mind. Well, if we're going to, if it's going to cause a problem, let's just put God on the back shelf and uh, we just won't discuss it. And then uh, I'm a product of bus ministry. Uh, that's why I thank Miss Cheryl all the time, because uh, you're looking at a product of bus ministry. They came out to our house and they invited me and my sisters and I began to attend. And uh, that's where God began to work on me. But from the ages of about 12 till about 15, I just attended church. I had already started kind of running with a, a little bit different crowd, a little bit uh, rowdier crowd. And then you may say, well, come on, Mark, 12 to 15. How rowdy can it get? Well, I was starting down the wrong path. And you all know that's where it starts. Those teenage years, that's where your pattern begins. And unfortunately, many times, young people, when you set the pattern in your teenage years, that you are setting the tone for your adult years. And so I was headed in one direction from 12 to 15. I was hanging with the crowd uh, that introduced me to my first, my first drink, my first cigarette, uh, first pornography, to be honest with you, a little bit of everything. They were leading me down the wrong path. And so from the ages of 12 to 15, if you would have asked me if I believed in God, I would have said, yes, I go to church every Sunday. And that's true. We went just about once. My family went from nothing to every Sunday. Uh, and so I was an attender from 12 to 15. And if you'd asked me, I would have said, surely I believe in God. But I can guarantee you this. I was putting on one thing on Sunday, and I was not demonstrating it Monday through Saturday. I would put my religion on kind of like I would put on clothes, all right? And then I would wear those clothes on Sunday. And as soon as I got home from church on Sunday afternoon, I would take those clothes off. And I went back to being the other Mark Trammell. Amen. And come Monday, I would be back with those set of friends doing the exact same things they were doing and doing nothing really changed in my life. There was no transformation. Here's a key word. There was no life change. If you've had something happen, you've walked down an aisle, shook a preacher's hand, signed a card, prayed a prayer, that's all well and good. But if there was no life change or transformation, you didn't get nothing. All right? So I want, I want us to understand that. So that's what this book, Christian Atheist, is about. If you ask people in America, um, you can turn me down just a little bit, uh, James, uh, this microphone just a little bit. Um, if you ask people in America, three out of four Americans will tell you, I believe in God. Does it look like three out of four Americans are living for God? No. Three out of four, though, will tell you, I believe in God. But they are not living the life. There is no fruit. There is no proof. Uh, and they say that, and many of them believe in God, but they don't go to church. They don't do anything. They've not, uh, they've not done anything spiritual in their entire lives, but they believe in God. Can I tell you this today? And I'm preaching to the choir here. I know you know this, but we're going to go a little bit deeper, but let's just get this right out of the way. Uh, you can believe in God all day long and still not know him. All right? Uh, there needs to be life change, life transformation. You know what? If you look at my life... From 12 to 15, you might say, well, Mark, what changed at 15? Well, I was in a revival service, a youth revival, in fact. And the preacher uh, preached that day on, if any man be in Christ, behold, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. And that, that night, it was my turn. Because the Holy Spirit is what draws you. And it's like the Holy Spirit shot me right between the eyes that night. 
And it was like that preacher was preaching right to me because I knew there had not been any life change. I was not a new creation. I was not a new creature. I was attending church. I was playing church. I believed in God, but I did not know God. All right? And it is not enough just to know about God. Okay? So that's where uh, we're going to be this morning. Um, uh, first scripture is from Titus uh, chapter 1, verse 16. says, They profess to know God, but in works they deny him. Being abominable. That's a strong word disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. Did you know God has an amazing ability? He's like Superman with x-ray vision. He doesn't just see what you do. He sees why you did what you did. All right? He sees your motives. And guess what? You can do good works and good deeds and be a good moral person all day long and have bad motives. Do you think God really cares about the works if the motives are bad? No, he does not. Check your motives, all right? If you're doing things just to say, everybody look at me, I'm serving Jesus. Everybody see that? If we go and we do a good work and we say, I'm going to do this good work, but selfie. Everybody see that? Everybody see my good work? We live in the age of the selfie. Did you know the word selfie is a very interesting word? The very word itself tells you exactly what's wrong with our society. Selfie selfish a selfie mentality is nothing but a selfish consumed narcissistic attitude okay um let, let the, i tried to think of the best example and so the best example i knew was my lovely wife over there bless her heart aren't you glad you're not my wife so you don't have to be the example in all these stories um julie my wife i started attending Another thing that I got blessed with was I started to go at Friendly Baptist Church down here on Front Street. And uh, as I began attending, I saw this girl. And she was, she was pretty good looking, I got to say. Still good looking, amen? Let me get that in. I got to score some points here, amen? Still good looking. But, uh, man, she was, she was looking good, amen? And I, uh, I said, who's that? I remember asking somebody, who, who's that? Oh, that's, that's Julie Reeves. Now, she's real. She's one of them Jesus people. So, you know, I don't know that I would try anything with her unless you're going to be one of them Jesus people too. Amen. And at the time, I was not. I was not a Jesus freak. I was a church tender. So I said, well, I'll keep my eye on her, but I ain't quite ready to go there yet. Amen. But I, I kept tabs on her. Of course, as I come to church on Sunday, I would see her, and I would ask people about her. Where are you going with this, Mark? I saw her, and I knew about her, and I was intrigued by her, but I didn't really know her. Amen? I didn't really know her. She could have been the ugliest person on the inside you've ever met. Depends on what day. No. Uh, no. No, no, no. No, she was, come to find out, she was as beautiful on the inside and she was on the outside. Amen. But at the time, all I knew was her, what she looked like. I was intrigued by her, and I would ask other people about her. What, is, what does she do? What is she into? And all these things. But I did not really know her until what? One day, at the time, she had another boyfriend. I had to pray him out of town. <laughs> Amen. And I, somebody says prayer don't work, I prayed that boy right out of Tyler, Texas to New Orleans, Louisiana. Amen? 
And I prayed him out of there, and uh, we began to spend more time together. And uh, one, one night, I got the, the nerve up to finally kiss her. I didn't even ask her out on a date. I kissed her before I even asked her out on a date. Amen? And, uh, and then we began to date. I guess I passed the kissing test. Amen? Uh, and so we began to spend more time together, more time together. And now, uh, here it's been, well, 37 years of marriage, four years before that. Uh, what is that? 41. So now it's been 41 years since the dating process. And can I tell you this? 41 years, I still haven't got her figured out. Amen? She still surprises me. Some days I think I've got it all figured out, and she'll come in and she'll surprise me that day. So what am I telling you? You can spend so much time with somebody, but here's the difference. At first, I did not know her. At first, I knew about her, but I did not know her. As I began to spend more time with her, and now after 41 years, I can walk into a room, and I can pick her out immediately by the sound of her voice, by the smell of her. She smells real good. Amen. I can pick her out. Uh, I can just pick her out, you know, out of a crowd. It's because we've spent so much time together. I can just hear her voice. I can smell her perfume, and I know it's her, and I'm still in love with her. Amen. Now, in the same way, some believe in God. I'm going to give you three things. Some believe in God, but number one, but they don't know him. As I said before, three out of four. That's 94% in the USA say they believe in God. If 94% of America would start to really live for God, what do you think would happen? We'd see an immediate change in this country, wouldn't we? If 94% of people that say they believe in God would really start living for God, we'd see a great revival. We'd see a great move of God. These churches would not be big enough. There would be no empty chairs. We'd have to be putting people outside. 94%. That's kind of staggering, isn't it? 94%. Um, here's what the Bible says. You say, well, I believe in God. What does the Bible say about that? Even the demons in hell believe in him and shudder. So just believing in God, all you got even with was the demons in hell. That's, you're on that same level. Amen? It is not enough to just know about God. The demons in hell know about God. You can't just know about him. You must know him. All right? Uh, I'm going to use a term called a casual Christian. And I, unfortunately, I feel like that's what most Christians are today casual Christians. Well, again, I talk about God on Sunday. I raise my hands on Sunday. But come Monday, it's right back to, I just casually slide right back into my uh, no more praise music. I go, uh, go to that country or that rock. And again, hey, I grew up in the 80s, some of the greatest rock and roll you'll ever hear. Uh, ain't nothing wrong with rock and roll and country, amen? But throw some praise music in there. It'll change your day, Amen. Uh, if all you want to talk about is drinking and losing your gal and trains and uh, getting drunk and uh, crying in your beer, then uh, you, can, you can listen to all that stuff. But throw some praise in there. I guarantee you it will change your attitude and it will change your day. Amen. If you'll throw some praise in there. All right. Uh, so we must know him. We must spend some time with him. Some people come home on Sunday, put the Bible on the counter, and they will not touch that Bible again until the next Sunday. Sad but true. 
Most of us as Christians today, we are living as casual Christians. Church, we got to wake up. Church, we got to get on fire. The Bible says that every single day, you should be putting on the full armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the sword of the Spirit. Amen? You need to hunker down for battle every single day you get out of the bed. You must ask the Lord, Lord, go before me and fight all my battles for me today. We've got to wake up, and we've got to just stop being casual Christians. They just go to church. They go to church, and there is no evidence in their life, and there is no obedience. What is one of the main scriptures? Jesus said himself, if you love me, obey me. If you love me, obey me. It, it, it ain't rocket science, people. I said that to my kids all growing up. They hate it when I say that. Amen. But it's true. It ain't rocket science. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. Open your Bible, see what it says, and do that. It, it don't get much simpler than that. Open your Bible, see what it says, and do that. The things it says don't do, don't do those things. It's really not more complicated than that, okay? Number two. Oh, I'm sorry. I got scripture for each one. Uh, scripture on this one is 1 John uh, 2, verses 3 and 4. It says, now, by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, watch this verse. This is a very scary verse right here. Look at me. This is a very, we're going to read some very scary verses today. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, a liar, and the truth is not in him. That's a scary verse, people. Isn't it? That is a scary verse. They know a lot about God, but, and they do a lot of things that look religious, but they're missing him by 18 inches. You know what 18 inches? You ever heard that before? A lot of people are going to miss, miss heaven by 18 inches. 18 inches is the difference from your brain to your heart. A lot of people got it all up here, but they don't have it in here. You know where life change and life transformation comes from? Right here. If all you have is all right here and you, it has not transferred down to here, you can miss it by 18 inches. Don't miss heaven by 18 inches, all right? Number two. Some believe in God, but they don't know him well, all right? This may be a lot of people in this room today. Uh, you are informed about God, but you have not been transformed by him. Have you truly had an experience and an encounter with God? Now, I wanted to tell you something this morning. I'm going to tell a story, and the only other two people in this story besides me and my wife that know this story, uh, Miss Diana Choate and Grace Choate. I don't know if they remember this night. We went to visit uh, Diana and her family in uh, Dallas when they still lived in Dallas. And we went to dinner one night. Y'all remember this? And we're eating at kind of a nice, fancy restaurant. And everybody starts talking and jabbering. And there's a bunch of, you can see everybody. Go, and all the waiters and waitresses, they're all gathered. And we're like, what is going on? And we look over kind of in a little private room over there. And we see come through the front door and walk by there. Nick Jonas of the Jonas Brothers. I can see you're impressed. All right. Uh, 
<laughs> Men, don't lie. I know you know who Nick Jonas is, amen. You may not want to admit it, but one of the Jonas brothers, good-looking guy, very famous. And so everybody got excited. I think probably the, the girls got more excited than me and Nathan did, uh, but they were excited. And so we were like, ah, you know, should we bother him? Uh, man, we don't ever get to run into anybody famous. Should we go ask for a picture? And so uh, I think somebody uh, went uh, and asked, could we take a picture? And they said, well, let us get through eating. Come by after your dinner, and then we'll do it there. So after we got through eating, we went, and he was very gracious and very kind. Let us take some pictures. We got to shake his hand and, uh, and meet him. Now, I met Nick Jonas. Again, I can tell you're impressed. I shook his hand. I know a lot about him. Turn on the TV, open up a magazine. Amen. But do I really know Nick Jonas? No. I know about him. I've met him. I had a short encounter with him. But did that encounter change my life? No. Was that a life-transforming encounter? No. But I'm here to tell you this morning, I didn't really know him. Well, now, a lot of people, that's exactly how they know God. They know him on a formal uh, setting. They know him as God, big G God. Can I tell you when I know you've had a life change in your life? When it changes from God to Father, Daddy, my precious Jesus. When you leave the formal behind and you start to talk to him like a son or a daughter talks to Daddy, you've had a life change. You've had a life transformation. Get out of the formal with God. If you're still in the formal stages with God, I'm here to tell you that God wants to know you intimately. The main way that Jesus uh, described his relationship with you and me was a marriage. The church is the bride. Jesus is the bridegroom. You don't get more intimate than that. There is no more intimate relationship on earth than that. And that's the way he describes it. That's how he wants to know you, extremely intimately. All right? Um, number three. Then here's a group, and unfortunately this is the, the smallest group. Some believe in God, and they know him intimately, and they serve him wholeheartedly. Now, the honest truth is most of us are in group one and two. But we should all be striving for group number three. Amen? We know him intimately, and we serve him wholeheartedly. You hear his voice. You see his hand in your daily life. You are actively walking with God. You're aware of his presence. Your worship is a natural overflow. Here's, here's the sad fact of the matter. A lot of you came in here today, and we began to worship, and that's your first worship of the week. And then you'll go home, and there will be no more worship until next Sunday. That is not the way it's supposed to be. This time is supposed to be a time of celebration. As believers, we come together, and this worship is to just be an overflow of the worship that's happening in your personal life every single day of the week. That's what it's supposed to be. Are you there yet? You may say, well, Brother Martin, how am I going to worship in my house? Exactly like I do. You get your little Bluetooth speaker, you set it in the middle of the living room, you crank it up to 10, and you just, whoo, come on, Lord, and you just go to town. 
Well, Brother Mark, I can't sing. That's why you're doing it by yourself in your living room. Amen? That's a wonderful place to do it. You can make a joyful noise there and, and don't, don't bother anybody. Amen? And so you have a life of worship. And what happens is after you have a life of worship, then you begin to realize that this time on Sunday morning is simply an overflow of what God is already doing in your life. Now, let me see. The scripture for this one is Psalm uh, chapter 63, verses 1 through 4. Look at me. Oh, God, you are my God. Look at me. My ADD is kicking in. If your ADD is kicking in. Is this you? This is King David. Is this where you're at? Oh, God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. Got to be honest, I'm not a morning person. Sometimes I go late at night, but regardless, he says, you know what, Jesus? Jesus was always early, first thing in the morning. Jesus had people around him all the time, so he had to get up early. He had to start it early. Early will I seek you. Start your day with him. Anybody in here besides me can testify, if you start your day with him, it changes your day completely. If you will set your attitude in the right direction from the very beginning of the day, it will change your day and it will change your attitude. Love is a choice. Joy is a choice. Living the Christian life and having the joy of the Lord is a choice. You choose it. So the best way to get in the right frame of mind is to start the day with the Lord. Start it by praising him. Again, get in the bathroom, the living room, get the speaker, crank it up, and just lift them hands. Ain't nobody there. Go for it. See, here you're all like, ooh, well, I don't know who might see me, and I, I, I don't know where to hold my hands, and I don't know what, what, how, to, how high to go because somebody might think I'm one of those Jesus freaks, one of those holy rollers. Well, bless God, some of us need to get known more as a holy roller. Amen? We're too concerned with, oh, what will everybody think? I don't know how to do this. I don't know where to put my hands. Just let go. Quit worrying about what everybody thinks. Amen? I had a girl tell me one time, I had a whole front row uh, church I was at, and we had a row of, uh, of women, young moms. They got on fire for the Lord, and uh, they began sitting on the front row. And I, I asked them one day, I said, man, I love having y'all up here. Because, I mean, these gals, they didn't care what anybody thought. They were all young moms, and they were, boom! I mean, from the first note to the last note. And so I just asked them one day, why would y'all move from the, the middle up to the front? Because we didn't want to see anybody else in the room. We didn't want anybody. We didn't want to worry about what anybody was looking at us. And we could see the eyeballs when we were in the middle. So we moved to the front where they can look all they want, but they're behind us. We can't see them. And we're just going to worship. And I've told the story before. One of those young ladies was a young man came down to get saved one day. And he told me, he said, I just came in here visiting, but I sat behind this young lady, and she was worshiping the Lord, and I didn't know what she had, but I knew I wanted some of it. And that's how that young man got saved. Amen? Uh, worship is contagious. Worship is contagious. I'm going to be teaching. I'm going to do a series on worship. And all this stuff, we get all caught up on, well, you know, I don't know about that raising hands. I don't know about that clapping. We need to be respectful. I'm here to tell you, see what the Bible says. See what the Bible says. And all the other stuff and all the other opinions. <laughs> Amen. Because the only thing that matters, it, the only opinion that matters is God's opinion. The only thing that matters is what does God say. 
And David danced naked before the Lord. Now, I'm telling you, we ain't, we ain't going that far. Amen. But I'm here to tell you, some of you need to loosen up. Amen. So you come in here so stuffy. You come in here so serious. Some Sundays, I just want to bring a giant squirt gun in here and just start by squirting everybody down. Everybody loosen up. Good Lord, you know. You're so serious. The, our God is a fun God. He is a God who loves to have fun. He's a God who loves to have one of my favorite pictures of Jesus. You ever seen the picture, the laughing Jesus? And it's Jesus just kind of chuckling. Uh, that's, that's the kind of, I love it, you know. I love to see because God created it. God created laughter. He says joy. Joy is your strength. Amen. So we need to get some more of that. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. How many of you come in those doors every Sunday and you say, Lord, I am here. I'm going to meet with you, and I am looking for your power. I am looking for your glory, and I don't care what I have to do to get it. Some of us need to learn to raise our hands to the ceiling. Some of us need to learn to get on our knees before the Lord. Some of us need to learn to weep before the Lord. Some of us need to learn to get on our face at the altar before the Lord. Amen. Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will, oh, what does that say? I will what? Well, well are we not in a Baptist church? Brother Mark, we can't do that. We're Baptists. Didn't Brother Mark, didn't anybody tell you this is a Baptist church? What does the word say? I will lift up my hands in your name. No shame. No shame. I wanted to end it this way. I'm trying to paint a picture for you. And I'm going to use myself as an example. I can be addressed and known by many names. Did you know that God has tons of names in the Bible? And back in those days, names meant something. So I'm going to give you an example using my own name. If somebody calls me on the phone and they say, Mr. Trammell, what do I know about that person? They don't really know me. That is the formal setting. I know that's probably a telemarketer or a scam call. And I will say, I thank you very much. May God bless you. I hope you know Jesus. <laughs> Amen. I don't want to talk to somebody who calls me Mr. Trammell. Now, if you call me, some people also call me Pastor Mark. Well, thank you very much. Now, that's a little more. You know me a little more, but that's still very, very formal. Most of you know I don't even like to be called Pastor Mark. I prefer Brother Mark or just plain old Mark. Amen. Because... And I'll tell you this. I told somebody this the other day. I, I struggle because many times I don't want to tell people that I'm a pastor. Because the minute you tell people you're a pastor, they start to act different. They are not acting like themselves anymore. I went to get my hair cut the other day, and the poor little gal, she was just jabbing it, jabbing it, jabbing it. She was talking, talking my ear off, and she was just cutting that hair. And then it finally, I was saying, oh, it's going to come, it's going to come. What do you do? Well, I'm a pastor. Conversation over. She was just a clipping. She didn't even pause. She just shut her mouth and kept clipping. Amen. Listen, I, I, I'm nothing special. Amen. Pastor Mark, that's just a title. But Pastor Mark, if you call me Pastor Mark, you know me what I do for a living. You know me informally, but you don't really know me. Then there are some of you that call me Mark. 
Now around here, that'll get about five or six heads to turn, amen, because we got a lot of marks. But many of you will call me Mark, and if you call me Mark, then I know you know me a little bit more friendly, you know me a little bit more intimately. Uh, we're probably friends, if not just close acquaintances. And so that becomes more and more. You're getting closer to my heart. Then some of you may call me Mark T. Marky Mark. <laughs> we decided one day I'm Marky Mark and uh, Mark Johnson is the funky bunch. Amen. <laughs> that, was, that was an old group. The older people will get that. Uh, and then there's a group of three, just three. They call me Daddy. Yeah, there you go. That's that's getting that's getting there, isn't it? That's getting intimate. That's a small group. That's a small group. And then there's one that on some days calls me honey. That's that's really intimate, isn't it? Yeah. So there's a lot going on in the name. One guy, but I can be known by many names. And what name you use says a lot about your relationship with that person. So let's transfer that over to God. How do you know God? Do you know God as the big guy? The man upstairs? Honestly, I hate when people use that terminology. But when they use that terminology, it, it reveals a lot. I kind of know just from that statement kind of what kind of relationship they have with God, what level of intimacy they have with God. They don't have much intimacy with God. Or maybe you call him uh, the man upstairs. Or maybe after a certain movie, you call him dear six-pound, eight-ounce baby Jesus. <laughs> or maybe you call him Savior. Maybe you call him my provider when you've needed a provider. Jehovah Jireh. We sing that song, Jireh. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's your provider. If you need a provider, you need to get more intimate with him. Maybe you call him my king. Maybe you call him my friend. I am a friend of God. The Bible says that Moses knew him intimately as a friend. Maybe you know him as my redeemer, my father, my protector, my comforter. You ever needed a comforter? You ever lost somebody? And you say, Lord, I need, I need a comforter. I need a comforter. Maybe you call him Prince of Peace because your life is out of control or your family's life is out of control. And you say, Lord, I need some peace. I need the Prince of Peace. Maybe you say, you're my shelter. Maybe you say, Lord, you're my healer. Some of you need a healer in this room today. We have some of our family that are fighting for their lives. They need the healer in their lives. Now, the good news is, no matter what happens on this earth, the ultimate healing is waiting for all of us. Amen. How do you know him? How do you know him? I used to believe in God. Maybe this is you. I used to believe in God, but I don't anymore. It's where a lot of people are. 
young people, if you go to even high school, but especially you go off to college, you're going to encounter a group of people who are going to try to convince you you're a fool if you believe there's a God. Well, my Bible says the exact opposite. He is a fool that says there is no God. So who's the fool? You have to decide who's the fool, right? And you'll go off to school, and you will have people want to tell you all the opposite of what you've been brought up here. You can go off school, and you can take 18 years of growing up in church and learning the gospel and knowing about God, and they'll undo it in four years or even shorter. Sometimes don't take even four years. Sometimes it takes a year, six weeks, a semester, and they will undo all of it. Who are you going to listen to? You need to know what you believe, and you need to know why you believe it before you go. Amen. Uh, if you really want to know him, then you need to let your heart break. You need to have a hunger for his presence. You need to be quick to share your faith. You need to grieve over your sin. Did you hear me? We need to grieve over our sin. Don't confess your sin because that's what you think your family needs or your spouse needs. That's a good reason, but that's not the best reason. You know what the best reason to repent and grieve over your sin is? Because it breaks the heart of God. And it has just broken your relationship with him. And you will never be fully what God wants you to be until you restore that relationship. And you must repent and you must grieve over your sin. Um, we need to have more generous hearts. We need to be givers. You can't outgive God. Be faithful. And that's not just in money. That's in deeds. That's in taking care of somebody that's in need that you see. You live next door to them and somebody's struggling. Meet their need. Don't put it on Instagram. Don't take a selfie of it. Just do it for the right reason. We need to have more compassion. And here's what we need. We need to desire to be in the house of God and to worship and to pray. We need that. Julie, you come. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Sometimes as preachers, we talk too much. I know I'd probably get a lot of amens if y'all weren't with your head bowed right now. But here's the thing. I cannot be the Holy Spirit in your life. So I'm just going to give you some silence right now. And I'm going to let what was said just try to soak in and let the Holy Spirit talk to you. Head bowed, eyes closed. Focus on him. Just ask the Lord. Lord, what was said today that I needed to hear? What, what was said that I needed to do something about in my life? If you're here today and you don't know where your relationship with, is with God, you don't know if you were to die, if you'd go to heaven or not, you can nail that down today. If you're here today and you used to walk with God, but you've wandered far away from him, you can come running back to him and recommit yourself to him. If either one of those is you, I just want you to say this prayer with me in your heart, your mind. Say, Dear Jesus, 
I admit that I'm a sinner. I know I've messed up, Lord. But I thank you that you love me anyway. And I believe you died on that cross for my sins, the sins of all mankind. And Lord, I want a heart and a life transformation. I don't want to just know about you. I want to really know you. So today, Lord, I ask you, Lord, would you forgive me of my sins? Would you wash all my sins in the blood of the Lamb, Jesus? And Lord, would you be the Lord and the Savior of my life? Take over, Lord. I want to give you control. Now, every head bowed, every eye closed. You prayed that prayer today as a prayer of salvation or a prayer of recommitment. I wouldn't embarrass you, but I do want to pray for you. Would you just lift up a hand if, if that was you, and I'll pray for you. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? How many of you would say today, Brother Mark, I need you to pray for me. There's some areas, and I need to know God better. I need to know God better. Would you pray for me? Anybody in the building, just lift up your hand. Thank you. Hands all over. Father, I pray that you'd have your will and your way during this invitation. Help us to do business with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. If you need to come and pray, the altar's open. If you need prayer, Brother uh, Martin's on that side. I'll be on this side. If you need to come and join the church, whatever you might need to do, let's sing together. you got something out of that today maybe I was just preaching to myself but I always know the Lord is using it in different people's lives some people come to me and say how did you know did my wife tell you did my husband tell you no that's how the Holy Spirit works amen and I can tell you it might have, and sometimes it's only for one person in the building but it was exactly what that one person needed to hear today so I want to encourage you go home fall in love with the Lord more get to know him more intimately just say, Lord, I want to, if you seek him, what does the Bible say? If you will seek him, you will find him. You just tell the Lord, Lord, I want to get closer to you. I want to be more intimate with you. Amen. Now, I want to tell you now, summer is officially over this week. Everybody starts back. So you go out and you see them other landmark people, you tell them, uh, summer's over. All right. Hello. Summer's over. Time to go. Time to get back. Amen. So encourage somebody. Bring somebody. Open your mouth. Share the gospel. Well, Brother Mark, I don't know if I can. 
Get them in that door. I'll share the gospel. Whatever we need to do, bring them in. Bring them in from the fields of sin. Amen. You can see they ain't busting that door down, are they? We got to bring them bring them in. Amen. Don't forget, ladies, Saturday is the ladies' fellowship at Miss Diana's house, and uh, we're taking the van. The sign-up sheet is over on the table over there. We also have some tickets. Nelson has some tickets. The Shrine Circus is coming to town. Always a great time. Uh, they sent us as a church some uh, coupons that for one free adult ticket, uh, or one paid, I'm sorry, <laughs> one paid adult ticket, you get a free child's ticket. Uh, so if you want one of those, they sent us a bunch of complimentary ones, and I think Miss Cindy gave some to the kids back there, but uh, Nelson has some if you'd like to grab some on that. Father, we love you today. Thank you for everybody being here today. Pray, God, that you would just give us a great rest of the Sunday. And God, just uh, as we live this week, help us to go out and see that's our mission field outside those doors. And God, help us to live for you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. God bless you. You are dismissed.